0: Colossians chapter number three. We were able to finish chapter two last week and we're going to jump right on into Colossians chapter number three tonight. Isn't it good to be saved? Isn't it good the devil can't do a thing about it? We are saved and secure, sealed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to do this. I want to do this if possible. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do that in a minute. We'll, we'll just, let's just start there in verse, verse 1 like we need to start, all right? Colossians chapter 3 in verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead. dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now, that's just a couple verses, so why don't we all read together. Uh, let's read together in concert. If ye then... that's I, I, That was me and three other people. It was so quiet in here, I could almost hear you guys at, at Fairview, all right? So let's try that again. You ready? If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our light, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. And all God's people say it. All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for your love and your mercy. Thank you for the time that you've given us tonight uh, to dig around in in the gold mine of your word. I pray that you'll help us get some golden nuggets tonight that will help us and encourage us and challenge us. Convict us, uh, Lord, change us. Change us tonight. Lord, I pray that we'll be different. I don't want to just come in here and leave the same way. I, we, we would have wasted our time. God, if we don't change, if we don't grow, if we don't develop, if we if we don't get better, Lord, I pray that we we, we, we will see some things that we didn't see before. We'll learn some things that we didn't know before. I praise you and I thank you. I'm well aware of how unworthy I am of your touch tonight, but I'm also aware of how much I need it, and I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll guide my mind and my thoughts, Lord. Help me to honor you with what I say. Help me to exalt Jesus with everything that I do. I pray that you'll help me to say what I'm supposed to. Don't let me forget anything I should, and don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, we'll praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it, amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. So far, so far in Colossians, in, in the first two chapters, we have covered a lot of doctrine. We have covered a lot of uh, information that you need to know uh, about who you are, you know, what Jesus has done for you. We've learned a lot of stuff We've learned that we have been completely forgiven. Do I have a witness right there? Amen. We have been completely forgiven. We have everything that we need. And 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 Jesus is enough. We've learned that he is the head. He is in charge. He, he, he deserves and he is worthy of having the preeminence in God's house. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. He's enough. He's all we need. Now, Paul moves, Paul moves from the theological to the logical, if you will, or more to the practical uh, in how we behave, because what you believe should affect how you behave. Let me say that again, because y'all didn't act too enthused about that. What you believe should affect how you behave in, in, in the. In the the pagan culture and in the pagan religions, you could come and offer your sacrifice and give an offering or whatever it is and go through the the pagan ritual, and then you could go about and just do anything you want to do, live any way you want to live and behave in any way, and it was okay. But not in Christianity. It's not that way. It is a matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. Listen... What we believe should affect how we behave. What we believe about God. What we believe about heaven. What we believe about salvation. What we believe about who we are and what God has done for us should affect how we behave. Uh, I, I, I think about sometimes when I was growing up and who, who my family was and, and who my father was. There, was. there was things that I would do or would not do. Not because I didn't want to do it, but because of who my father was. And I looked at it not as much as on how it would reflect on me, but how it would reflect on him. What would they think of him? What would they say of him? What would they think of the church he pastors if I went out and I behaved in such a way? And listen, we represent Christ. When you're a child of God, you're a son or a daughter of the most high. And, and if we behave in a certain way, what will this lost world think of our father? Does this make sense? And, and here, listen, we're going we're to read a couple verses. And by the way, by the way, everybody check out, everybody look at the top of your page. If you've got the notes in front of you, look at the top of your page. Is there anything, y'all see anything wrong with that title? Anybody see anything wrong with that title? Brother Melvin, you're shaking your head. What what do you see wrong with that title? What should that title say? Okay. How how many of you have ever heard the phrase, you're too heavenly minded to be any earthly good? How many of y'all have heard that? Listen, let me tell you what that means. Nothing. That is baloney. You cannot be too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. I wrote what I wrote and I stand by what I wrote and what I wrote is right. Somebody say amen. Heavenly minded to be any earthly good. Brother Dustin running my office said, preacher, preacher, uh, is this title right? I said, what do you mean? He said, did you mean to say we're too heavenly minded to be any earthly God I said, no, I didn't mean that. Did I write that? (laughs) Are y'all with me? And we got to be glad he's got a good sense of humor. Amen. We need to keep him around here. I said, no, no, I meant that. And it does sound, it does sound because the old cliche, I said, but that's what I meant. And, and, and I've been thinking about this and, and studying what we're studying and looking at what we're looking at. There's no way you can be too heavenly minded. The problem with most Christians today are they're not heavenly minded enough. That's right. That's right. They're not heavenly minded enough. And, and let me let me show you where I'm going with this. And, and let me do this. Let's back up. Let's back up. Because a verse in chapter two will help you with what we're fixing to read here, verses 1 through 4. So let's look in verse number 20. Let's look at verse number 20. If you don't want to look it up, just look on your page. Amen. It's on your notes. Look what it says. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why, here's a question, why as though what? Why as though living in the world? Why is no living in the world? In other words, why are you acting like this world is your home? Mm-hmm. That's right. Let me say it again. No, right. Why are you acting, right. why are you behaving as if this world is your home? That's right. See, if we can if we, I I, I kept reading this over and over and over and over again, because I'm kind of slow. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of slow. Uh, I've heard people say, Oh preacher, you just, you just got a gift. You just got a gift to make people understand. It just, I, I, I don't have a gift. I work hard. It's not about a gift. It's about reading it 75 times before it clicks. Amen. And I kept reading and reading, and, 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 and I don't know whether it was just a nudging from the Holy Spirit, but he said, back up a couple verses. Because sometimes if you don't understand what it is you're reading, if you'll go read what's before it, you'll find that it'll make more sense about what you're reading, right? Because it starts with, if, if ye then. If ye then. So that means he said something before to affect what he's saying now. Does that make sense? So if you ever get hung up in the verse and you're like, well, I don't, I don't understand that. Then go back before and read what's before and it might help you clear things up. Watch what he says. If ye then be, what's that word? Risen with Christ. If ye have been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Now, obviously, obviously, spiritually, I, 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 when I got saved, I died. And I was buried, but I rose again, spiritually. Y'all with me? I identified with Jesus's death, his burial, and his resurrection. As a matter of fact, when I was water baptized, that was an outward picture of that reality. Spiritually, I died with Jesus. Spiritually, I was buried with Jesus. And spiritually, I rose again with Jesus. So I identify with Jesus In his death, burial, and resurrection. But that's not what this is talking about. That's not what this is talking about. I was thinking that. That's why it was confusing to me. But when I went back and read verse 20, he says, why are you acting like you live in this world? So here's what I want you to do. In order to understand verse number one, I I wrote in my notes, here's what I do. Whatever verses I'm preaching out of, I blow them up real big on my screen. I blow them up real big on my screen so I can read them over and over and over again. And then I'll type in little notes beside it. And this is what I typed in. Look what it says. If ye then be, what's that word? Risen. I put in parentheses right beside it. Think, think. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Look at me, face, fair view. When he says, if ye then be risen, think ascension. Not resurrection. In other words, when I got saved, I not only died with Jesus, I was buried with Jesus. I resurrected with Jesus, but then I rose with Jesus. Some of y'all are like, yeah, yeah, spiritually, I died with Jesus. I I was buried with Jesus. I rose again with Jesus. But that's not all. I ascended with Jesus. Spiritually, I'm already in heaven. My body just ain't got there yet. I'm going to prove it. I'm going to prove it. I can see some of y'all had not been reading. Look what it says in Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. Look underneath, underneath number one, underneath number one, look at your notes. Ephesians two, verse five, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened. Now the word quicken means made alive. Does everybody see that? It means made alive. He uses the word quick, right? You know, the, the Bible says the, the word of God is quick. That doesn't mean it's fast. That means it's alive. In other words, like the quick. Like you, 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 your, your fingernail, if you, if you are trimming your nails and you get into the, that means you got into the lively part. That's when you start singing real high. Because it's alive. Does this make sense? The word of God is quick. It's alive. What, right here he's saying you were dead, but when you got saved, he quickened you or he made you alive. What would we call that? Resurrection. There is resurrection. Okay, now keep reading. You were dead, but he quickened you. You were resurrected us together with Christ. By grace, you're saved. Now watch, now watch. And hath raised raised us up together. That's not resurrection. We've uncovered that. That is the ascension. You say, how do you know that? Look what he says. He hath raised us up together and made us sit together in 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 other words, when Jesus sat down at the right hand of the father up there spiritually we're sitting with him already too Did y'all see this yeah now I know what you're thinking this what, what How is this going to affect anything? Oh, it's going to affect everything. Because if you realize where you really are and what you really are, it's going to change the way you look at things. It is going to change your perception. Because instead of looking this way, you're going to be looking from heaven down this way. Instead of looking at politics, this way, you're going to look at from heaven's point of view. Do you realize heaven never worried about the election? Heaven never worried about who's the president? Heaven never worried about the economy? Heaven never worried about COVID? Heaven has never worried about vaccination? Because everything's all right in the Father's house. And if you'll start realizing and thinking and letting your mind affect what you... Hey, say Amen. Heavenly places, that's where we are. Now, let me, let me, me, I'm running a rabbit. Let's get back. Let's get back. John 17. This is going to change some of your lives. I'm telling you, this is good stuff right here. John 17, nine. Now here we, here in John 17, back up to the top of your notes, back up to the top of your notes. This is the intro. This is Jesus. This is Jesus in his, really, we call, we call our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We call that the Lord's prayer, but that really wasn't the Lord's prayer. That was a pattern that he gave to the disciples, right? That was an outline of prayer that he gave to the disciples. But John 17 is truly the Lord's prayer. It is what the Lord prayed right before he was crucified and went back to heaven. He had finished everything he was supposed to do. He said, I did everything you called me to do. I did everything you wanted me to do. Now this is what I need you to do for me. This is Jesus talking to his father. If you were looking at it in your Bible, it'd be all red. That means what? Jesus is talking. Now watch what he says. This is so interesting. Watch what he says. Now this is Jesus talking to his his father. Watch what he says. Now keep in mind, he he did his his three-year ministry. He's fulfilled every single thing that the father told him to do and wanted him to do and had planned for him to do. He's finished. He's done. He's completed it all. He's just waiting to go to the cross and do it and, and and go back to heaven now watch I pray for them he's talking about the disciples he's he's talking about the disciples I pray not this is this is interesting I pray not for the for the world imagine that now when you see the world now we know and we know that that Well, I got to say this in a way that I don't confuse you. When we think world, when we think world, we know when he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's talking about mankind there. Okay. For God so loved the, the world that he gave his only begotten son. The son did not die for a tree. Didn't die for a whale. He didn't die for a polar bear. He died for man. Y'all with me? So in this, this term, he's using it for mankind. But in this term, Jesus is talking about the world as far as the culture. When we would say, boy, he got out of church and got out in the, in the world. Does this make sense? Jesus is not praying for the world. Do you realize when Jesus intercedes with the father, he's not praying that our, our city gets better. Jesus is not interceding on 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 behalf of the community or on behalf of uh, uh, TV networks. He's not He's not praying and interceding on behalf of, of countries. He's not praying for community transformation. I hear pastors and posting and talking about uh, community transformation. God's not here trying to transfer or transform the community. He's wanting to see souls saved. Matter of fact, he he specifically said things are going to be getting worse and worse and worse and worse. The church is not going to get better and better and better and better. And it's going to make everything better and better and better. And our cities better and our communities better and our country's better. No, all of that's going to get worse. But he is praying for you. And he is praying for the disciples that will believe in him and follow him. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. I pray not for the world. But for them, which thou hast given me as the disciples, for they are thine and all mine are thine and thine are mine and I am glorified in them. In other words, the things they do bring glory to me. And now I am no more in the what world, but these are in the, and I come to thee. That's, that's talking about when he, 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 he is resurrected and he goes back to heaven. Y'all, y'all get that? Right. I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the, in the world, I kept them in thy name that those that thou hast gavest me I have kept. None of them is lost but the son of perdition, as Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things... Now, where, where, when he says, I come to thee, where is thee at? Heaven. heaven. Yeah. All right, he's in heaven. He said, I'm going to leave this. Come on, y'all. I'm going to leave this. I'm coming back to... Okay, okay, just so you know what we're talking about. He said, now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the, in the world, that they... Who are they? Disciples. So that would include who? Us. Are y'all with me? That they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them. Interesting. The world. If you follow Jesus, they're not going to like you. If you obey the word and you try to apply the word to your life, you will be hated. If the world cozies up to you and loves on you and thinks you're great, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Look what it says. They hated them. Why? Why? Here's here's what I want you to get, guys. Because they are not of the world. Even as I... Am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. In other words, don't take them out of the world, but just keep the world out of them. Amen. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Watch this. As thou has sent me into the world, so have I also sent them into the world. Wow. That word world is all over that place, isn't it? Now, if we go back, if we go back and examine the Gospels, if we go back and examine the Gospels, without a doubt, we can say with 100% accuracy that Jesus never talked in a way that made him seem like he was of this world. People would hear him talk and they would say, wow, never a man has spake like this man. Jesus never acted in any way that made it seem like he was of this world. Because people came to him and said, no man can do what you do unless God be with him. Jesus said, I am not of this world in the way Jesus acted, in the way Jesus behaved, in the way Jesus thought, in the way Jesus spoke. No doubt he was not of this world, but he is saying right here, the moment you get saved, the moment you begin to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you are no longer of this world. Now, let's say this with me. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. This world is not my home. I am just passing through. Now, if we live in that reality, you're going to quit getting bugged out about every stupid thing that happens in this world. You're going to quit letting all the effects and the accounts and and the events that happen in this world get you into a tizzy all the time. Right. Because, hey, when things start going wrong, say, hey, ain't my world. That's right. That's right. I'm just a stranger passing through. Yeah. 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 I'm telling you, when you begin to realize who you are, when you begin to realize spiritually where you are located, I mean, this is a reality. This is a reality. We're sitting with Christ in the heavenlies at the right hand of the Father. It'll affect the way you start thinking. And if you affect the way you start thinking, it will affect the way you start behaving. Church, say amen. So if we're filling this in, I want you to understand this. Look 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 at what's underlined there. God has called, say it with me, all, all, God has called all all of his disciples to reach this world. world. But watch this, here's the reality. But before we can accomplish that, we must die to it. Or, if you want to put it easier, God has called us all to reach this world, but we'll never accomplish that until we leave this world. Now, I'm not talking about physically either, because he said, I'm leaving them in the world. But I need them to know they're no longer of the world. Let me give you some, let me give you some proof. Let me give you some proof. Ephesians 2, verse 6, right there underneath it. And hath raised us up. Now, what did we say that was talking about? The ascension, not the resurrection. The ascension. The resurrection and the ascension are two different events. Does everybody know that? Say amen. Amen. Jesus walked on this earth several days before he went on back to heaven. Is everybody with me on that? Now watch. Now watch. He hath raised us up together and made us. That means us, you, me, and Jesus. Made us sit together with Christ by grace. Or excuse me. Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When Jesus is there, we are there. Why? Because we're in Jesus. We, we have unity with Christ. We are connected. We are, we are in union with Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Watch this. Hebrews eleven thirteen. 13. Hebrews eleven thirteen. 13. These all died in faith. And by the way, if you don't know what Hebrews 11 is, that's the faith hall of fame. You know, when it goes through all the people in in time, in the past, who did great things for God, you know, instead of the, the, the hall of fame, it's the hall of faith, you know, who did great things. Watch what he says about all these people. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were. Come on now and confess that they were and pilgrim. on this earth what's a pilgrim he's just traveling yeah. a stranger is an alien when I was in when I was in Mexico City I was a stranger I was an alien I, I didn't speak the language I wasn't familiar with the culture uh, it, it was difficult I picked some stuff up though I picked some stuff up uh uh, banos, banos, andale, andale. That means bathroom, bathroom, hurry. Am I right about that, Brother Cesar? I'm right, okay. Are y'all with me? Amen. And it's amazing, the longer I was in it, I started picking up little things, little things, little things. But I, I was still an alien. Anybody would know, you're not from around here. Yeah, that's right. Are y'all with me? Now, now, what, what, what he is saying right here is that this world is not our home. It should be strange to us. The behavior in the culture around us should make us uncomfortable. We should be unfamiliar with it. We shouldn't feel, oh heavens, we shouldn't feel at home in this world. But I'm I'm afraid there's way too many Christians who feel just as at home in the, in the world out there, in the culture out there, in the behavior out there, in the words out there, in the in the in the dress out there is that's a problem. And what what causes that is they are not enough heavenly minded to be any earthly good. Look, Hebrews 13:14 For here, for here, what does that mean? In this world, have we no continuing city. Now, I put right here, I put right here, if you look at my notes, I just put a little arrow and I put permanent. That's what that word continuing means. We have no permanent city here. In other words, it don't matter where you live, it's temporary. You hear that? No matter where you live, it's temporary. But we seek. One to come. Even though everywhere we go, we're a stranger, we're a pilgrim, we're seeking one that is permanent. Matter of fact, it has its tree to go. That's another another message. Philippians 3.20. Philippians 3.20. Are y'all starting to pick up a pattern here? Spiritually, we're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. We're confessing that we're just strangers and pilgrims on this earth. We have no permanent dwelling. We're just passing through. Our conversation, Philippians three twenty. Our conversation is in heaven. Say that with me. For our now, the Greek word for conversation there means what? I put it right under there. Citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. I just happen to be dwelling in this world at the moment, but my citizenship is in heaven. First Peter two 11, dearly beloved, <clears throat> dearly beloved, I beseech you. I beg you as strangers and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. What is Peter saying here? He said, I'm begging you to act like who you are. I'm begging you to live your life according to the reality of who you are. You're just a stranger. You're just a pilgrim passing through. Don't act like the people around you. Do you, do you want to know why that God made so many rules and, and responsibilities and regulations for the, for the Jewish people? He called them out of the world. To be a a witness to the. And he wanted them to look nothing like the. He wanted them to eat nothing like the. He wanted them to behave nothing like the. Because when you become part of the world. You lose the effectiveness and you lose the power of your testimony. Are y'all with me? Now. Now. So if number one, I don't know if you wrote it or I told you, I don't know if I did or not, but we find the where, write that down. Now we're talking about real practical here. Paul's getting real practical. The where, the where, if then, or you could put the word since there in verse, verse one, since ye then be risen with Christ. In other words, because of where you are, your spiritual position, you're seated in the heavenlies. Since spiritually you're already there. You're united with Christ. This world is not your home. You're just a pilgrim passing through. If you with me say amen. Amen. That's the where. If you then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are. Oh my soul. Help me people. Seek those things which are. Above. Why does he say above? That's where you are. That's where your citizenship is. That's where you're from. You know what I? You know what I was doing in Mexico City. And I did it in Israel too. I looked for anything that looked American. Are y'all with me? That's right. I looked for McDonald's. I look for, hey, first thing I did, first thing I did when I landed, you asked my mama, she was with me. We went to Israel. First thing we did when we we landed in the Atlanta airport, son, I ran to the Wendy's. (laughs) I got me a triple decker, bacon, cheese, everything everything I couldn't get in Israel, son. I'm telling you, I loaded it down and it tasted like pure sugar, too. It was wonderful. (laughs) Say amen. amen. He said, he said. Seek those things which are above. That's the what. Number one was the where. You got to realize you're, you're, you're not from here. You're from heaven. And what helped me really understand that is the thing. You know, nobody had to question Jesus that he was from this earth. Everybody knew he was from somewhere else. Do people, do people wonder where you from? Or do you act just like him? Do you talk just like him? Do you behave just like him? Or do they think, hmm? Wonder what his deal is? Everybody did with Jesus. Everybody wondered about him. The religious crowd wondered about him. Roman soldiers wondered about him. They knew they something different. Never a man spake like this man. Nicodemus comes to him. We know that thou art a teacher come from God because no man can do the things that thou doest unless God be with. Something different about you. Yeah. Do they say that about us? That's the where. But then the what? Because of the where, there needs to be a what? Are y'all with me? What is the what? Well, the what is the second part of that verse. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Now, what is the main thing that's seated above? Christ. Christ. Since we're seated with him, we should seek him. Does this make sense? Now, watch. Now, watch. This should govern. What what does this mean? What does it mean to seek those things which are above? It means we need to have a preoccupation with heaven. We need to have a preoccupation with heaven. Say that with me. We need to have a... In other words, this should govern our earthly responses. To be preoccupied with heaven means to be preoccupied with the one who reigns there. Preoccupied with his purposes. Preoccupied with his plans. Preoccupied with his provisions preoccupied with his power, also to view events of this world through his eyes and with an eternal perspective. In other words, we start seeing things like he sees them. Yeah. Can you imagine if the majority of Christians this past year with the election and COVID and all these things is going on, if we would have just been looking back to this earth like he was? And begin to think like him and and, and see things like him. The things that are important to him should have been important to us. The things that he was concerned about should be concerning to us. Keep on seeking is what really the word there. Seek those things. Keep on seeking. Keep on pursuing. Be preoccupied. Let's face it. Let's face it. Let's be honest. When's the last time you even thought about heaven? When's the last time you was just preoccupied with Jesus? Just, just, that's all you thought about. You thought about his purpose for your life. You thought about his will for your life. You thought about the way he was, his behavior. What are things above? It said, seek those things which are above. What things? What things? The spiritual values that characterize who? Christ. That's what he's saying. Be preoccupied, constantly seeking, seeking Christ's tenderness, His kindness, His meekness, His patience, His wisdom, His forgiveness, His strength, His purity, and love. What what does the word preoccupied mean? Anybody? Preoccupied. That's a great word. Consumed. Consumed. Now, let's be honest. Let's be honest. How many of y'all can be honest for about 37 seconds? That's as much as I'm going to put on you. A lot of Christians... Have been consumed with a lot of stuff. There wasn't none of them. We've been arguing, fussing, and fighting on social media. We've been fighting for our way and fighting for our our opinions, our preferences, our rights. But have we been consumed with being kind? Have we been consumed with holiness? And listen, being Christ-like and really, really concerned that when this world sees us, they see that we're different. And they see that not us, but they see Jesus in us. Has that consumed our thinking? Has that preoccupied our time? I'm gonna I'm I'm go ahead and I'm going to raise my hand and, and, and say I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of not practicing this one. I'm guilty. Stephen, this is gonna be another one, son. I was telling Stephen last week, you know, God's been kind of pile driving us on Sunday with that Matthew stuff. We were talking about the week before and how convicting it was. When, when, when the guy or the, the men were not mad that the owner was bad to them, they were mad because he was good to somebody else. That was convicting. And I told Stephen, wait till this Sunday. Because I've done been studying it. How many times are we like James and John? Jesus in the darkest hour needing and all we are consumed with our own wishes and desires. I told Stephen, man, I've been praying, Jesus, you're going to have to ease up just a little bit. I ain't got no toes left. Boy, when I see this, I'm thinking, wow. I really haven't been preoccupied with heaven. I've been kind of consumed with self. So, I'm going to start remembering that this world's not my home. And the things that I'm going through here and experiencing here, they're not forever. And they're not lasting. They're not eternal. And I'm not not just talking about I'm not just talking about bad things. I'm I'm talking about things that consume our time that might be hobbies or whatever. Sometimes we think and we act and we live like we'll always be here, but that's just not so. So how do we do this? Number one was the what? The where? Number two? The what? Now, number three is the how. How are we going to do that? How are we going to stay preoccupied with heavenly things? With things of Christ? <clears throat> Look what he says in the, in the next part of that verse. Verse two. Seek. Let me, let me back up a minute. Somewhere on your notes... Facebook, or Facebook, I keep calling you on Facebook, but I hope I'm, I'm talking to one watching on Facebook too, but my Fairview family, find a place on your notes and write this. It, the, the word seek means to pursue, means to pursue, right? And then, then we find the word set in verse two, set your affection, which literally means to think about. To think about. Let dominate the mind. All right, so we need to pursue heavenly things, spiritual things, but we need to think about it. We need to think about it. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, what's what's the big deal about that? Does the Word of God not say that as a man thinketh in his heart, So is he. If you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. Let that sink in a minute. What are you thinking about all the time? What are you letting dominate your mind? What are you letting dominate your mind? Because whatever is dominating your thinking, that's where your affection is. And by the way, the Bible says, "Be not conformed to this world, but be ye by the renewing of your mind. what do you do with your mind? You think if you're from the south, you think with an A, amen right how, how do we how do we become transformed now by the way, let me explain that a minute we we're we we'll, we'll finish maybe but Be not conformed to this world. Conformed, it means to apply pressure. To apply pressure. How many of y'all have seen like sheets of metal and they pressed it into a form of a pot or a pan or whatever it might be? To conform to this world, the world is always trying to apply pressure you to think and act like they do. They want you to believe the things they believe. They want you to do the things that they do. They want you to think the way they think. They want you to believe that immorality is okay. They want you to believe that idolatry is okay. They want you to practice what they practice and look like they look and act like they look. And they're going to keep pressuring you with the culture, pressuring you with TV and radio and everything else. And they're going to try to conform you, pressure you, push you into being what they are. But God says don't do that. Don't be conformed. But be ye transformed. The word transformed is where we get our word metamorphio. Where we have a a, a metamorphosis. The caterpillar. Are y'all with me? A caterpillar transformed from the inside out. You see conforming is pressure from the outside. Does this make sense? And he says, how do we transform? We transform to what he wants us to be from the inside. How? By the renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? We get the word of God in there. And that's going to be later on in the chapter. Where we we let the word of God richly abide in us. The more you read, the more you study, the more you learn. Man, it starts working on your mind. And you start thinking different than you used to think. And because you're thinking different than you used to think, you start acting different than you used to act. You start being different than what you used to be. Somebody say amen. And your mind starts changing. You start thinking more like God and less like who you used to be. Wave it, wave it, wave it. (laughs) Hallelujah. You're letting it dominate your mind. But you know what we let dominate our mind? The news. We let all the things of this. I'm guilty. My wife will hear me hollering in the bedroom, coming there, and she finds I'm just watching the news. (laughs) She'll say, What are you doing? She said, why are you even watching that? I said, I'm wanting to know what the enemy's thinking. Amen. <laughs> I don't know why you watch that. It just makes you mad. I said, I don't either. I don't either. Come on. Sports does the same thing, guys. I, 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 you know what? When you have a losing team, you, get, you sooner or later, it stops bothering you. And and all you Alabama people, your day's coming. He ain't going to live forever. So y'all might as well enjoy it while you can. That's right. I said it, Johnny. I said it. But I'm, I'm telling you, we would lose a game on Saturday night, and I'd have a bad attitude all day Sunday. And I don't know why y'all looking at me. I've seen y'all in here after Alabama lost too. Are y'all with me? I mean, think about how dumb that is. Yeah. That we allow a game to affect our whole mental disposition and attitude and sometimes treatment of other people. A game. That means nothing. Right. Dominating our mind. God kind of convicted me today because I, I, I I've got I've got several different news things I watch and and, and I like I like watching Israeli news and all of that kind of stuff and and so I'm sitting there and 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 I I I got on one of the news sites and I'm looking at different articles and I, don't 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 read comments on articles. I started doing that and that was a mistake. I I knew better. And I'm reading it and I'm thinking, how could a grown human being be this stupid? I know, I know. Y'all so much more spiritual than your preacher. And the Holy Spirit says, what are you doing? You're fixing to go out there in that building and tell them don't be dominated by the stuff you're just you're you're getting irritated just sitting here reading a comment that somebody else made. From the basement of his mama's house. Yeah, I threw that in there. Amen. I did. Do y'all get the point? Some of y'all are just learning you have a very imperfect pastor. <laughs> How foolish is that? How foolish was I? This, this uh, Making comments about stuff, this is not my home. It, it, don't, matter, it don't matter anything that happens down here. This not my home. I'm not of this world. I'm just here to rescue those that we can out of this world. But what do we do? We get so consumed with this world. We forget what we were left in the world to do. I do anyway. So we see see the how. Set your affections. Let dominate. Three things real quick. We got to hurry. Got to hurry. How do we we set our affection? How do we let these things dominate our mind? Not politics, not economics, not hobbies, not relationships, not sports. But what do we need to let dominate our mind? A, write this down. We need to know all we can about heaven. Mm -hmm. Knowledge is important. I mean, really, how much do you know about heaven? You know what I've learned? The more you know about heaven the more you'll want to be there. The less, the less you will care about what happens down here. That's fact. Paul said, let me tell you something. He's in prison. Apostle Paul's in prison. And this is what he said. I have a desire to depart and be with Christ. You know what he said about it? Which is far better. Amen. He knew what heaven was. He knew what was waiting on him. He allowed the things of heaven to dominate his mind. And because of that, it affected the way he lived his life here on earth. He didn't, an old, an old, I heard an old preacher preach this down at my dad's at a camp meeting one time. He said this, it's kind of, kind of slang, but he said this. Don't get your tent pegs too deep into this earth. Does that make sense? Don't get so consumed. Don't get so invested in this earth that you can't let it go. Amen. Know all we can about heaven. Be prepare all we can for heaven. Prepare all we can for heaven. Me and my wife are totally different when it comes to this kind of thing. I can go home, find a pair of jeans in the drawer, snatch a t-shirt out of the, out of the closet, throw it in my truck, and drive to California. Period. I don't have to make a list. I don't have to plan. I could just boogity, boogity, boogity. But if I told Tammy, hey, we're going to have to, let's go to so-and-so. She would lose her mind because she's a planner. She wants to lay it out. We need dates and we need times and we need this and we need that and we need blah, 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 blah. How many of y'all ladies are like that? How many of y'all men are like that? God help you. Now let's think about this. Heaven's gonna be one heck of a trip. Are you ready? What if your number is called tomorrow? Yeah. Are you ready? Tonight. Or tonight? Yeah. Are you prepared? I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying are you saved? I'm not saying are you saved? You can be saved and not ready. Yeah. What do you mean, preacher? How, how's being saved not ready? Is everybody going that you want to go? Has everybody heard the gospel in your family or your children, your grandchildren? Or if you left tonight, who's going to tell them? Yeah. Think about that. You prepared. See? We're letting everything else dominate our mind, but what needs to. Set your affection on things above. Know all we can about heaven. Prepare all we can for heaven. Here's a good one. Take all we can with us to heaven. Well, preacher, you can't take nothing with you. I can take you. You can't take your car. You can't take your house. But you can take your kids. You can take your neighbor. Yeah. Look what it says. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek. Pursue. What's the word seek mean? It means come on, say it with me. Pursue. Matthew 6, 19 Lay not not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Don't get in the habit of collecting stuff. Because they're going to rust. Moth's going to eat it. Thieves are going to break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where you are, there where you are. Uh-oh, uh-oh. You know what that literally means? You can send money ahead. Oh, preacher, we can't take our money with you. No, but you can send it ahead. What what do you think he meant by lay your treasures up in heaven? He meant everything you invest for the kingdom, you're going to have when you get there. All this about spending everything before you get out of here, spending your children's inheritance, forget that. Send it forward. Invest in missions. Invest in the kingdom of God. Invest in people who are going to win souls to Christ. Amen? Are you ready? Do you know everything there is to know about heaven? Are you prepared? You taking anything with you when you go? Lastly, you know we got one left. What's, we got the where, the what, the how, what are we missing? The why, obviously. The why. Look what he says, verse 4, or verse 3. <clears throat> you got 38 seconds. Hurry. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> he said, For. He said, He said, Seek those things which are above. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For that means, why? This is why you need to do that. For ye are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear. Then shall ye appear with him in glory. Now, let me give you two things. Why do we need to set our affections on things above? Why do we need to be preoccupied with heavenly things? Preoccupied with the characteristics of Christ, seeking to be forgiving like him and wise like him and patient like him and strong like him and pure like him and to love like him. Because at salvation, believers die to this world's systems and way of thinking. You died to it. If you truly got saved, you died to it. Romans 6, 6. Knowing this. Knowing this, that our old man is with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Galatians 6, 11, But God forbid that I should glory, saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ... By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a... You know what that means? That means this. It's it's simple. I mean, we, we make this way too complicated. It just means the way you used to be, the person you used to be, died. And if you truly got saved, you can't, especially if it's sinful or wrong, you can't go do them and feel the same way. You'll feel out of place. If you used to go to the bars and run around, carry on and raise cane and do all those kind of things and you get saved and you go back and try to do that. You, wait a minute. What, 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 this don't taste the same. This, this place just don't. You know why? Because who you used to be died. Died. It's not the same. You stop having an appetite and desires like you used to. And you start having appetites and desires that you never had. Amen. Before you wouldn't be called dead in a church. But here you are right in the middle of the week done work hard all doggone day and you're sitting in a church. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing somebody talk about a Bible. And you can't wait to get here next Wednesday. Why? Because you're alive to a whole new dimension. A whole new realm. Watch this. A whole new life. That old man died. Now I have an appetite for heavenly things. Does this make sense? Now watch this, this is cool There's a past reality Our old man has died Died, gone Brand new man Watch this There's a future revelation I wasn't, yeah, well Let me just tell you Because they're going to be mad in the children's department Go home and read Revelation 19. Look what it says. Look what it says in in verse number... Verse 4. Verse 4. You there? When... Okay, all three of you. Help me. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in... Now... That happens in Revelation chapter 19. He comes on a white horse. You see the first time he came. He came humbly. He came meekly. He came lowly in a manger. He humbled himself and became. Are are y'all with me? A servant no reputation. But the next time. He's coming on a white horse. He's going to be wearing a crown. We're going to see him in all his glory. But, 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 I'm not finished. And so are we. We're coming in blazing glory with him. Watch, watch, watch. You died. Your old man is dead. But you have a new life. A new glory. A new power. A new dimension of of spirituality that's in you. But right now, it is hidden. That's what he says. Verse 3. Your life. That part of God that's in you, right now it's hidden. This world can't see it. That's why they can't understand what you're doing here on a Wednesday night. Because they can't see what's in you. And matter of fact, most of you can't see what's in you. But one day, that life that is hid, that glory that is hid in you, it's just like the caterpillar. That caterpillar don't know he's making to fly. Are y'all with me? Watch what, watch, what, watch what it says. Romans 8, 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature, that's me and you, waiteth for the manifestation means the unveiling of the Son of God. Now, why are we? Because we're going to be unveiled too. 1 John 3, 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be for we shall see him as he is. That's Revelation 19, folks. Watch what John Lightfoot says. Watch this. This is so good. The veil which now shrouds your higher life from others and even partly from yourselves. Will then be withdrawn the world which persecutes, despises, ignores will then be blinded with dazzling glory of the revelation when you come with Christ in his glory, sharing his glory. watch what Paul says in Romans 8:18 8, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, everything you go through here that breaks your heart, that, listen, brings you down, that causes tears to come to your eyes, all of the, the aggravation, all of the suffering, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. That is in reference to Revelation 19. You have a glory in you that you cannot see. You have a power in you that you cannot even fathom. It is hid right now, partially even hid from you. But one day when Jesus appears, you're going to see what God has really done for you. You're going to see who you really are in everything that we go through here on this earth. Every difficulty, every pain, every sorrow, it's going to be worth it. Give him praise and glory. Give him praise and glory. Hallelujah. So, quit letting the things of this earth dominate your thinking. You're seated in the heavenlies. It's like you're already there. One day we will be. Look at your neighbor and say, this world's not my home. I'm just passing through. And all God's people said, it. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand.